What if all you needed to get better in every way was available at the touch of a hand or the sound of a voice or even a vibration? Let's talk about how that happens, who can do it, and where to find them. I'm John Webster, and this is The Hesitant Healer. Greetings and welcome. I am the hesitant healer, John Webster. I'm here with my trusty sidekick, Lisa Kay. Say hello, Lisa. Hey, how's everybody doing? So we're trying a little something different today. We are, uh, you may notice the sound is a bit different. That's because I'm working off my speaker on my uh, computer. Uh, I will tell you that I just made a critical business decision that I am tired of my iPad Pro and I'm going to buy an iMac because this thing's not working for my tech technicality and technically changed brain. Wait, uh, wait, 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 what? What, what? Your, what? Your business manager would like, no, I'm kidding. Yes. All right. What really, what Lisa wants me to say is my business manager was right and she's been helping me and I couldn't do this without her. Is that, is that what you're looking for? That was exactly it. Thank you. All right. So I, it's out there now. We've put it into the internet and now she knows it's true. <laughs> okay. So uh, what we're going to do today, I've been hinting at and, and teasing you with for almost seven or eight episodes now. Uh, we have a remote guest. This guest uh, comes to us from San Diego, California. She is what I would call a rock star in the world of fascial anatomy. I don't know what she calls herself, but I know that's what I call her. Uh, and with without further ado, I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you all what she does. And then we're going to get into some pretty fun conversation, I think, especially if you're a body worker or any kind of movement specialist, because this is the good stuff, man. I'm telling you, this is the good stuff. So from San Diego, California, this is Rochelle Clausen. Hey, hey. Oh my gosh. I am so honored and excited to be here with you guys on your Aww. new podcast, which I just want to say, first of all, congratulations. What a huge endeavor um, and a huge accomplishment. I've uh, I've been enjoying listening to the, the pods so far, and I'm so excited to be here as your first guest. Yay. The pods. Thank you. You are guest one. You are guest zero. <laughs> Ground sure. zero. Ro Rochelle, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, it could be a very long answer, but we only we have like 45 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Well, first of first of all, I'm a I'm a friend of the people, uh, your hosts on the pod for kind of a number of years where we've overlapped and crossed paths here and there. Um, I am a full time massage therapist. I do multiple modalities and some of the same ones that uh, John's been talking about on the podcast, which is also cool because I don't think I realized how much similar overlapping and different trainings that we've had. We, dis after we discovered last night that we've crossed paths for years. We've crossed paths. Yeah. And like almost literally barely missed each other. Like yeah. you were in San Francisco the week after I was in San Francisco. I thought about going to Scotland, but I didn't go to Scotland. But we both studied with Upledger. We've, um, yeah, we both studied with the, I called them the gurus of fascia and the science world of, you know, Robert and Carla, Robert Schleip, Carla Stecco, and then um, I guess Julian Baker is who we can credit for finally bringing us together, where we actually work together in the dissection lab. And Julian's that happened. The glue, Julian's the glue that keeps us together. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think you guys are the glue that bring people together. But anyway, you made it all happen. Uh -huh. and you had him come and then he reached out to me to come to help with tech. And um, we had such a good time doing that um, during the pandemic. Actually, that was quite a wild adventure. But um, yeah, so 20 years of massage therapy, I've had many twists and turns and curves and um, directional explorations. I kind of fell into massage, but I also sort of chose it for a couple of reasons. One, I can't sit at a desk all day for 40 hours a week. That that breaks my brain. Um, I am a dancer at heart. I studied, started studying ballet when I was a little girl and continued into modern dance. And that was just sort of my world. I thought I was going to be an artistic director and, you know, be some famous um, person in the arts. You were going to be about getting my MFA. Thorpe. What's that? You were going to be Twilight Thorpe. There you go. <laughs> well, that's big shoes to fill, but somebody, anyway, somebody, I just, I love the, I love sound. I love lighting. I love the body. I love movement. I love the um, complexity that is the human form. I went to mime school for a couple of years. I studied with um, direct, direct teachers of Marcel Mars or um, teachers who studied with Marcel Marceau. Um, I, I did show choir and a little, not a whole lot of theater, but a lot of stage stuff. And, um, and then massage, I don't know. It just kind of, I was interested in yoga at that point. It started ticking boxes because I actually got a degree in psychology and really was dragging my feet on getting my master's and becoming a person who sat in a chair and listened to people's problems all day. <laughs> I just couldn't see it. I just was like, I don't know. Like, I love psychology. I love the way the brain works. I love the fact that we are a physical, spiritual, mental, emotional person, all bound up into one, you know, energy ball of who we are. Um, and I love studying that, but I felt like the practicality of doing that as a lifelong career didn't really fit me. And so it was really when I, I stumbled into this massage world and I started getting it. I started getting the fact that massage touches the whole body, the whole person. And the person that I studied with at his school founded the massage school. He also had come from a background in ministry and really was starting to understand the power of touch for, I would say, you know, mental, emotional, and soul healing, not just physical um, healing. And, and so I was like, hey, I think everything I learned in my, in my, my uh, psychology degree and everything I know in my dance background about, you know, my own body and about movement and about muscle control and the flow that's required to do good massage was already in me and had been bred into me as I developed as a girl dancing all those years. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of this convergence moment of like, I could do this. Can I make money at this? And can I get like actually paid to do this? <laughs> and so I started down that path. but. Fast forward to um, how far do we want to fast forward? I would say fast forward present day. I have now um, started a new company with a business partner. We are co-directors of Anatomy Scapes. And Anatomy Scapes is a whole new thing for me that is also a culmination of many things that's led up to it, which is teaching anatomy for touch therapists. So it's teaching anatomy for hands-on professionals, which is a very different kind of anatomy. And I'll sum it up in one word. It's three-dimensional. Ah, so, <laughs> so you're telling me that a, a regular, plain, old, normal massage therapist that came out of massage therapy school has the possibility and the ability to go into a lab and visit you and see and touch and work on a cadaver? 
That is absolutely true. (laughs) It's absolutely true. (laughs) And you're, you're teaching this and you're helping them learn this. Yeah, I'm doing both. So we're doing online education because not everyone can come to the in-person experiences that we're creating. Um, And, but we're, here's what we want. We want better access for massage therapists to clinically relevant, uh, visually, what do I want to say? Glorious, (laughs) visually accurate and visually profound, Um, a three-dimensional real anatomy, not just illustrations and drawings, but true anatomy that's like real human anatomy um that's also in a dynamic way that's maybe more fun than you ever had in abmp abmp we love abmp by the way let's plug abmp abmp i'm actually we are actually columnists for their anatomy column now at abmp and bodywork magazine so every other month when those magazines get delivered look for the anatomy for touch column because nicole trombley and i are the authors on that so what so I would say that here's here's what I think when I think anatomy. Tell me what comes to your mind. First of all, what colors come to your mind when you think anatomy? <laughs> uh, for for me, you're asking me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, red, yellow, yep. and slightly gray. Yeah. So you're in the lab in your brain, but even if you're in a textbook, you're still not wrong. Red, red and black. Red right? and black. Red and black. Mm-hmm. Red and, and black so and white. Now I'm gonna go. Let's, let's stretch it to our type font knowledge. What font do you think of when you think of anatomy? Oh, there's a question. Uh, uh, uh. Boring. Uh, okay, that plain. sums it up, right? Like yeah. maybe Arial. <laughs> like there it's going to be something that's a non-serif font that has no personality. It's just like, it's just the facts, just the facts. Anatomy, exactly. you know, it's a complex thing to study the human body. There's a lot of different ways to study it. And let me, let me let me go back to a point you just made because I don't want sure. you to go too far past it. And that is, uh, number one, I mentioned this a couple of, I think a couple of episodes ago. You get into a real live body, and and Gil said this several times when we were in San Francisco, go pick up a book and see if you can find this in the book, because it's not in the book. And so what Rochelle's talking about right now is practicality versus reality is are two different things when it comes to this world. And what what we've learned in massage school is not what reality is when you get inside a real body and see how it works. And then to Julian's point, if you remove things to make it look like the picture, it's no longer functional, right? It doesn't work. And I'm going to go back one more, a little bit farther to not just everybody can come to your classes. No, correct. So type of people that can. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to loop back, loop back forward for a second to finish the font and the colors. (laughs) Part of the thing that I think is interesting about, about anatomy and anatomy training, anatomy classes is that there's a style and there's an energy about it, that it can be highly intimidating spaces and boring. And those two things don't go together very well. Right. Um, and so I think that there's something that we're bringing to the table is, um, anatomy that you've seen in your books, the drawings that you're talking about, they are stylized. They are stylized and they're then interpretation by um, the artist. Now they're useful. I want to say that they do simplify things to help you absorb them quicker, but they are also, if they're stylized that direction, why can't we stylize real anatomy another direction? So we use a lot of real images from the anatomy um, lab that is not emphasizing just the facts, ma'am. It's emphasizing the glorious beauty of patterns and colors and interrelationships of tissues that are you. And I think that in itself changes the whole conversation about how we interact 
with our touch because I don't want to actually massage somebody and think about all the blood and guts that are in there. Ew. I want to think about like, whoa, this is like a miracle that can walk around, right? And that the, the patterns and the images that you see in the world around you are the same patterns and the images that you find in the body. And that whole thing we talk about is x-ray vision that you get with your fingertips. Your fingertips can feel more once you've actually been on the other side of the skin. So well, that well, part is really, really the heart and core. I'm just going to hold up because nobody can see this because I know they're only listening to us. But this is our business card. That is a real true image from the dissection lab. Oh, That's a picture man. of the mesentery, which is a structure nobody even really thinks about. Oh, because it's I ever love drawn. that picture. In, so this, in the anatomy lab, this is one of my most favorite looks. Same, same. It's just incredible. And then this one, this is rectus sheath, right? So, so oh. for you listening, oh. what I'm showing them is these really close-up images that we have added what we like to call as um, digital pixie dust <laughs> to these pictures because we've increased the vibrancy a little bit and we've softened the edges a little bit. And suddenly, instead of um, seeing what would make you think of something that's no longer living you you see something that you would literally hang on your wall because it's right. they're gorgeous well, and that beauty. is who we are it I is would say vibrant yeah. they're vibrant vibrant yeah. yeah so we're all about that and you know like the majority of massage therapists are women it's a very interesting thing that the female brain and the the male brain and i you know we're over generalizing here because i know you're an artist but you know these um the the desire to like i don't know use more parts of our brain than just like dialing into just memorizing a whole bunch of latin words or names of men who named structures in the human body after <laughs> themselves <laughs> um no, it's like, no, no. right <laughs> understand what things feel like i want to understand what they look like i want to understand how they relate to each other and that's sort of the thing that we are all about and we emphasize over and over so to your point as to who can come into the lab there are restrictions um that vary from state to state but in general about the purpose of uh, the purposed use of a donation of someone's form once they have passed and those specifications are all about consent and the consent of the person before they died as to what it was that they wanted their remains to be used for is a big deal right. and so up until very recently anyone that didn't have a medical degree was not even allowed in the cadaver lab you know working in a mortuary or something like this still license required and and that's not that's that's not um broad enough to encompass all the people that actually need this information right so i when i was talking to a friend recently and she was saying you know it's interesting that your doctor can be in a cadaver lab and yet how many doctors have ever really touched you like ever like so palpated ever <laughs> other than maybe to like I don't know, thump on your kidneys to see if it hurts to determine whether or not you have a kidney infection, but they're basically looking for, does this hurt? Does this hurt? Does this hurt? And there's never a time where your doctor is going to be differentiating your gastroc from your soleus or, you know, like that's not really their role. The role of the people who live in that role are the manual therapists. And that includes a pretty vast number of, of uh, industry. You've got your uh, massage therapist, top of the list. They touch everything. Like that's we. That's our job is to work head to toe. And then you've got uh, physical therapists, um, which of course also. But a lot of times, physical therapists have like what ten minutes to do hands on. 
And then they're like, go do your exercises. And right. I will put you on the heat pack or the ice pack. Right. So to get massage therapists in the dissection lab has been impossible and not allowed. Um, however, there is uh, been, uh, first of all, state by state, it's regulated. So there's some states you have to be specifically like a clinical anatomist has to be the one doing the cutting and or at least in the room of the instruction. Um, so that's something that's interesting. But also this definition of what it is that is considered medical use, and it's for educational purposes, and who are the people that are being educated. So there has been a new space that has opened to massage therapists re being recognized as helping people in pain and helping people in a medical way, even though our licensure may be like non-medical in its like the legalities of those kinds of things. Right. So for that reason, at this point, the people that can join our space have to have some kind of license to touch, which isn't that surprising, right? Because right. even, you know, to do different types of hands-on therapy, you have to have a license to touch. And that can be a chiropractor, a nurse practitioner, a um, midwife, a um, where the licensing is, a massage therapist, a physical therapist, what else have we had in the space? So anyone that is licensed to touch their clients, then those are the people we want. Right. And we're gearing it towards the people we are, which is licensed massage therapists. And so we kept thinking, God, this is the classes that I wish I had had when I was in school. Um, and so the gaps in our knowledge and the gaps in our understanding are the things that we're trying to fill for other people earlier on in their careers. I guess I have a, a question as a, a non-massage uh, therapist person. So when you were first thinking about or heard about dissection, um, we as a corporation have hosted several dissections. And um, a, a typical reaction when we bring it up is, oh, God, no, ew, right? So what was your first introduction to dissection as a way to learn as a massage therapist? Um, all roads lead to Gil Headley, right? Yeah. So way, <laughs> way, way, way back in the day, I was in my first year in massage school. It was 20 years ago. I was... Um, I got interested in craniosacral therapy. And early, early on, I studied uh, craniosacral with Upledger Institute. And at that time, Upledger and the Brawl Institute often would like share space and they had a table of goods that, you know, books and other sort of things. And so you could kind of see what was being sold. And one of the things that was being sold at that time was the four video series of Gil Headley, which was Integral Anatomy. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. And I bought it. And I popped it in my um, was it was it a, was it a VHS? No, it was wow. a CD. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. It was a, it was definitely a DVD. <laughs> I popped it in my DVD player, of course, which those are even hard to come by these days, right? And, and I watched the first few minutes, and I went, "Ew, <laughs> I don't know about this." And it right. was funny because Gil's so amazing of bringing the art and beauty into the space, and it just it so reflects my own. Um, um, sense of aesthetic and my own heart on all of this that I, I had, and there's definitely a kindredness with us. But at the time, because I was so new to massage, I was so new to my career, I was so new to the space that when I was seeing 
the dissection images and he's if you've seen the videos he's in the lab for a little while and then he's back in nature and he's showing you a babbling brook and i remember at first i was like get back to the dissection like what's up with all this nature and then he starts going deeper and deeper and deeper and then i was like give me the stream i need the stream my brain is getting really full of other pictures i don't know if i like right <laughs> and so i really understood that it is actually an acclimation process that he was taking us through even in the video series um but, but i but I, I, my experience too was that you see that and it goes back to nature and then you start to see things in nature that's that right. mirror what you're seeing inside the body when you Absolutely. when you see a root system or you see a tree that's got dying fruit on it or you see grass or rivers or whatever the whole thing comes to life it's like it really put pieces together how symbiotic we are within the the world we live in it was a, like 11 years later, I actually found myself in Gil's lab. And um, that week is a week that I, I'm like, so I was listening to you talk about your experience there and you remember it and recall it with such visual, like such vivid precision. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, you're describing, I know verbatim some of the stuff that was said because I remember it too. And this was over a decade ago. And it just, it's so profound that you never, ever forget. You never forget the names of the people who were at your table. You never forget the things that you felt, the things that you saw. And years go by and it's still right there. It is such a sharp experience. And I, I remember going for walks. We were up in San Francisco and I remember going for walks in after class in the evening and taking pictures of trees and just being like, oh my God, I saw that today. Right? And then taking pictures of a rock. And I was like, oh my God, I saw that today. And I was kept seeing things in nature that I had just seen inside the human form. And, and this is where I like to say how I, I've, I've always questioned humans like presence on the planet because we feel and seem so different from everything else that's here. You know, it's like that we're we aliens that got like deposited on a planet because we're so like, for example, like, have you ever really found the perfect pillow? <laughs> like it's it's so uncomfortable to like get the right position to sleep and we pay all this money for the right mattress and this and that. And then you see like a bird. And they just kind of nestle their neck down into their feathers and they're sleeping or you see a dog and they kind of just curl around once and tuck their nose under and then they're sleeping and i'm like so what true. is the human position that we were supposed to all be born knowing because i i have like so many different pillows <laughs> so <laughs> i mean i say that jokingly and also kind of true like i never really wondered but it's like why there's such a separation that dissolved after I went into the dissection lab, because all of a sudden I was convinced we are of this and this is of us. Like we are a part of nature and nature is us. And I love the connection and groundedness that I felt in my body from that moment forward. Awesome. Oh, I really love the way you put that. Really well put. Totally well put. That's that's totally been my experience as well. It just yeah. it was more connecting. Yeah. Right. You just, and I've had a lot of people that they've seen our, our artwork, um, we call it our anatomy art cards. We, we produce one of these educationally every month and re release it to our, um, our subscribers that buy our monthly educational boxes that we send out that are digital, but these cards, you know, people have looked at them and they've just said, if everybody knew this, I think we would have a lot less low self-esteem we would have a lot less body image issues we would have a lot less you know eating disorders i don't know if any of that's true but it's funny how many people have said that to me because they're like i think people don't understand how 
beautiful they are on the inside as well as on the outside. Like they don't understand that regardless of the aging of your skin, all of this stuff, you know, and a lot of the um, donors that we have in the lab passed at very old ages and they are still freaking gorgeous inside. I mean, people are just going, wow, that's so beautiful. And that's, I mean, it's my, it's my bent obviously as an artist and all that to see this, but I can't help myself. I can't not see patterns. I can't not see relationships, connections, movement and flow. I love interior design. Like I love all this kind of stuff. And I love the fact that what I see inside of myself and I see inside of the human form is all of that. And, and, you know, dissection is also quite the fun thing because you're uncovering art that's already there. You're not creating it. You're not carving it. You're, I mean, there's discussion about you can carve anything out of the body and convince people that anything exists as far as like tensional lines and all that kind of stuff. But the reality of most of it is that you are, you are discovering something magnificent that may be, you know, hiding behind a fat lobby hole or that may be hiding underneath um, the, you know, the epimesium or like there's some like, like around a corner, you'll find like, oh my God, I had no idea. And then at the more you go, the further you go, the more you see. And the more you're like, oh my God, I didn't know all this was in this little spot that looked like a blob Good. until I started dissecting it. Conversely to me, I like finding like the broken bones or the hardware that's been put in from an accident. That's always or interesting, seeing, right? Or seeing, uh, I, I vividly remember the first dissection with Gil where he found a- an adhesion in the stomach lining that was that was so twisted that he couldn't break it with his finger. He actually had to cut it with a scalpel and, right. and think about how many different things had to happen in that body for that thing to get that twisted up and that stuck. And then the most fascinating one over and over and over again is the omentum and where you Always. find that thing, Always. where you find that thing anywhere in the body and how it moves and how yeah. a surgeon literally told us, well, that's the first thing we cut out when we do sonic surgery, right? Cause it's not needed horseshit, right? When you yeah. see how it hugs a, a piece of, of tissue, that's, that's got some it's disease wounded. or yep. that don't tell me that's not meant to be there because that's Absolutely. totally meant to be there. Yeah. Super yes. interesting that way. And for those that don't know what the omentum is, we pause for right. this educational moment. So <laughs> the omentum is one of our favorites. And actually, let's see if I have a picture of it here for you that I can show. I know viewers just, you're going to have to, we'll give you the information later. You can go online. Right. So this is our omentum uh, shot, right? Nice. And the, wow. this is, um this one a little bit more expanded actually shows a little bit, uh, a little bit broader view of it. And when we first saw it, we were like, I'm sorry, Sistine Chapel ceiling? Like look right? at look, look <laughs> your eyes a little bit, right? And there's all these blues and that's the blue of course is seeing through that's just the background coming through but these swirling patterns that are full of lymphatics and vascularity this is basically we call it the lacy curtain that comes off of your stomach and covers as a drape in front of your entire um, intestinal system uh, that is overlying and the first thing you will come to when you go beneath the muscle system and the um, the inner lining of the abdominal cavity. Um, but its function is very um, much in response to inflammation, that it will go where it is needed to bring better um, the healing powers of our 
like our lymphatic system of our, our, you know, the things that deal with infection and help to bring in more activity to repair something that's been wounded. I've often found the omentum tucked up where the gallbladder used to be almost yep. always ah, if the gallbladder yep. was ever taken out you'll find the mo momentum like a little like gil talks about it as being this little cozy blanket that will go and tuck you in uh, we call it um your one shot at surviving a slash to the belly right that this is the healing blanket that will come in and try to protect and repair that which has been wounded it's got kind of a one use element to it though because it binds to that which is trying to heal so if you have a chronic inflammatory issue that migrates to different areas, it's hard to say once your momentum has adhered itself to this wounded area, if it's going to be able to unadhere itself and travel somewhere else. But it is, um, it is fascinating. It's beautiful. It looks like lace. I, it looks I nice. have always likened it in, in my work occasionally, especially with uh, people who have a, a pretty unregulated nervous system where they come in just really, really lit up. Uh, energetically, I will use a weighted blanket on them and, and then do craniosacral therapy and kind of drop their nervous system a little bit. And I just had one yesterday, as a matter of fact, because I think this in my head, but I don't always say it. She's like, it's like a thunder shirt for my dog. I said, it's exactly like a thunder exactly shirt. Exactly what it is. Dog, yeah. Right? <laughs> and if you've ever had a dog on the 4th of July, that's walking around just crazy because of all that stuff and you, and you wrap them in this thunder shirt, which is like a big giant total body hug you can see how the nervous system resets itself from that. And I've always thought the momentum was specifically that inside of us, for mm. sure. We need hugs everywhere. I like to right? say that the heart, the heart and the lungs have a hugging relationship. There's that t-shirt. Like I'm sure you've seen that t-shirt where the heart, the, hug are, uh, the heart and the lungs are hugging. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you inhale big and it's like, what's it compressing everything, right? So what's in between the, the, the lungs is the heart. Now, I don't know how many like grams of force are actually translated to the heart, but it is quite the visual that we're hugging our own heart every time we inhale. It's for kind sure. of like Yeah. Very That's nice. it. There's your lesson, listener. <laughs> Go hug somebody, and if you can't find somebody, hug a tree or a puppy. And if you can't, and if you can't find a tree or a puppy, breathe in. There you <laughs> go. And hug your heart. No, I think we need. I mean, touch is such an underestimated um, need of the of of mammals of humans. You know, we see the I, that thing. It's so funny to not be able to make the connection that that which can helps calm our animals would also call calm us like we are we are mammals we are animals you know we maybe have a more highly developed frontal lobe but we we still have that that the reptilian brain mammalian brain that you know that our parts of the how our brain functions is the same it's really the same and i i personally like feeling more at home and more connected to all of that but um I don't know, should we talk about like what happens when a massage therapist, besides getting appreciation for their body, what happens next? <laughs> I think so. Yes, let's yes. do that. Like, how does this translate to your career, right? Like, how does this translate to your work? And I think one of the most profound things for me when I got back from Gil's workshop all those years ago was that one of my clients who encouraged me to do it, I was like, am I crazy? This is so expensive. It's like a week. It's like cadavers. Am I going to be okay with this? And he was like, go, Rochelle, do it, do it. And so when I got back and of course told him all about it, but then after a few more massages, he was like, I have to tell you something. He says, you've changed. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, your touch is different. And I oh said, my. how do you mean? And he says, Same. 
saying, I can tell that you know exactly where you are. And yeah. he goes, and as a result, I kind of do too. It's like, I can feel my own body better because you are feeling my body better. I can tell. Oh, and I perfect. thought, okay. So, I mean, here's what's interesting. A lot of us through the years have taken a lot of continuing education classes that teach us more techniques. I, I've been technique to death after 20 years. I freaking love learning something new. But after a while, it's like you realize almost any technique can do almost anything, depending on how you apply it. And almost any tool can achieve almost anything. And there's a whole lot of different ways to approach pretty much any issue. And many can be effective. And my, my very famous saying, different things do different things. When people <laughs> want to be comparative about like, is this better? Or is that better? Is this better? Or is that better? I'm like, dude, different things do different things. So it depends on what you're trying to do or what result is that you want. And each one probably will have a result, but maybe a slightly different one. So so there's that. Um, the techniques element of things, though, it's interesting how how I think as therapists, we have to check ourselves a little bit and be like, wait a minute, why do I need yet one more technique to add to my bag? And I'm not trying to be disparaging at all to the like brilliance of all the different types of things that are out there. Because honestly, different techniques also work better for different people. Sure. You know, I, I really came to the realization that John Upledger's hands were huge. And I've been told that and I realized that mine weren't. And so I started modifying some of the techniques to fit my hands so I could reach. I didn't have the hand width that he had to reach all these structures that he was, you know, enveloping someone's skull by just wrapping his hands around them. Great and point. I remember point. teaching a workshop or I was doing a, a study group and there was a really small handed lady there. And I was like, you guys have to remember that he developed this system system based on himself and his own body. Like if you were him, you would do the same. So open yourself to that. Open yourself to how you would apply this based on what you know you're trying to achieve. And I like Upledger, I think for some of the same reasons that you do, I liked the fact that there's a large component that teaches you the anatomy, it teaches you the science, it teaches you like the physiology of what's going on to the level we can understand it anyway. And as a result of that, you do actually know what it is you're trying to do. So um, I hate the phrase, there's many ways to skin a cat. Because first of all, <laughs> I don't skin cats. And second of all, are there like, I don't know, are there? I always wondered, like, how many ways can you skin a cat? But it is the phrase that fits, right? Which is like, get your primary objective in your mind, and then use your own creativity, resources and intuition to guide you to that point. So when I teach my long winded point that I'm trying to make is that by teaching anatomy, sometimes we still get that same question is like, well, teach me the techniques to apply it. I'm like, honey, you, how many years have you been doing this? You know, and most of them have been in the business for quite a bit of time. I'm like, how many techniques do you know? And it's like, this applies to all of them. It applies to all of them. Use your new knowledge, use your current techniques, and then apply. And then even beyond that, something that I've discovered the more I've been in the lab, which has been a lot over the past four years, is that um, I find myself just wanting to palpate the anatomy. And I want to say, hey, when I was in the lab the other day, I really saw how much gliding relationship there is of the lats and the traps only from this point to this point, and then it anchors over here. I wonder if I can feel that on my client. And so I'm doing my normal massage, and then I'm like going off in Rochelle's experimental land, going like, let me see if I can move this. I'm going to slide this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't feel that. I can't feel that. And I'm just like tracing and exploring and tracing and exploring the anatomy. And afterwards, they're like, wow, that was really good. What were you doing? <laughs> right. Oh, sorry. I was kind of doing a study break. I was like, <laughs> right. I, I really wasn't paying attention to you at all. 
<laughs> but at the same time, like palpation of the anatomy is the technique, you know, palpation of the anatomy is the, it's the magic sauce because you're looking for and differentiating all of the different parts that work together that maybe, I mean, in the theme of our conversation, maybe that tendon needed a little hug today by itself, you know? And so when you can separate it out from its fellow, you know, landmarks or fellow, what I would say, the neighbors, the neighbors in the neighborhood, it, it it then becomes more um it has a stronger perception and and connection to the person in which it is abiding right let, let, let me ask you this I, I, have you ever had this experience i a couple times i've come from a lab or i've come from that and my wife has been with me and we'll be watching tv or doing something mindless at night and i've reached over and and our poor spouses, right? Yeah, creeping fingers around, and, and you, not, you know, I mean, it's it's a dual process. And all of a sudden, she'll just jump and go, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "What?" She goes, oh, "You were palpating me." <laughs> no, no, totally was, totally it's was. I feel closest, like it, that is the biggest the change. That's exactly it though. It's like your 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 hands become the curious part. Like even if your brain isn't you're watching TV, you're you're I, there's an independence that I feel in my hands that my hands will follow something, right? Call that intuition, call mm -hmm. that a hell of a lot of training and a hell of a lot of work and hours put into it. We've honed ourselves to feel things with our elbows, our forearms, our hands and fingers, wrists and thumbs, right? We we can perceive things. I'm sure that neurologically there's a larger part of our brain that is doing Per, you know, perception, proprioception, interoception of these parts of our bodies um, in order to be able to perceive texture, perceive density, perceive um, tensional loading, perceive, we'll just say some really scientific words, squishiness versus <laughs> toughness versus rubberiness, right? Like all of these different textures that we can perceive through our touch. And I think once we've um, we like to say, you know, like gone beneath the surface and we've seen things from the other side or you've seen them with the muffling layers removed. That's a phrase I use a lot. The muffling layers are your oh, glorious like adipose layer, but it is like a blanket that's on your whole body that muffles the sounds of touch to those deeper layers. When you've actually touched those things without their muffling layers, then you really know what they feel like. You get it. Yeah. You yeah, add yeah, the muffling yeah. layer. It's like, so for example, if you had never ever touched a quarter in your life, like a, a coin, a quarter, dime, a nickel, and then you put them under your woolly blanket that's your throw on your couch right now, and you had somebody touch that and say, describe to me what it is that you're feeling. They might get shaped, but you're like, what's the object? I'm like, I've never really seen one of these, so I don't really know. But if you've actually touched a quarter, not only do you know its shape and you know that there's grooves and roughness around the edges, you also know that there's a face that's carved on the front and there's a date that's in the corner. And all of these little details of the quarter, you might actually try to look for maybe to determine if it's a dime or a penny or to determine, you know, like those kinds of things, things that are eliminated to clarify the drawings are not nice. eliminated in the client who's on your table. So it is a good thing to see those drawings, but you have no clue what all was taken off in order to get to that layer. And so you have your, I don't know, you know, five foot, five foot tall, it's like 102 pound client. And then you have your football player. And then, you know, the densities and thicknesses of these different tissues in them. Of course, you know, those are different, but how do you, 
how do you know exactly what it is and where you're touching if you've never seen the difference in those adipose tissue layers on the, from the other side? Am I, am I making sense? Like Absolutely. You, and I, I yeah. equate this to, uh, you can probably equate this to uh, a different part of your life before you did this as a dancer. You, you know, you know where you are at all times in space and, and, and touch all the way down to your feet, right? Especially ballet, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. At, 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 as a chef, I could tell if the cookies were made with burnt butter, you know, I, I can, right. still it, although I don't do it all the time now. And my palate is not as sensitive as it was when I was practicing. Sure. When you are practicing, you can come up with all, you know, what that guy did in the kitchen and how he cut a corner because you've done it before. And because you have trained your palate and your brain and your nose and your ears. And mm -hmm. even to this day, I can walk into a restaurant and know if somebody's stealing or know if there's a manager that's a that's a misogynistic idiot or that or, or they're not training the chef just because I did it for so long that it's still ingrained in me. And and Great you analogy. nailed it perfectly about what a what a what we do with the body and how we do that, right? And and to the general public listener, when you ask us, <laughs> how did you know? Because that's we right. See it, we see it. We saw it when you were walking in. We saw it when you were talking about it. You pulled your shoulder up. We see it because the the the, the wrinkles on your t-shirt are wrong. We see it because you, you you told us. And there's also a vibrational energy that we've learned to pick up. That that's an unspoken, unseeable thing. We've tuned into that. And I, I have a great uh, tool. I don't know if I ever showed you that ball. That's like a, a, a mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I know about right it. where you can yeah. see where mm -hmm. you can see the energy or whatnot. We know, we feel that's what we do. And so when you come in and you're looking for it, you're already projecting out that you want this thing fixed. We're the receptors that have picked it up. And when you lay down, this is not difficult for us. We've already learned how to do it. And dissection is really a thing that cues you into that like nothing else I've ever found. Okay. Yeah. For okay, sure. so we are right on the edge of time. Tell us how we can get a hold of you and what you got going on next and give anybody who's interested information about how to find you. All right, let's see. So first of all, um, anatomyscapes.com. That's our website. So anatomyscapes.com. And we, we came up with this name because of the word landscape or seascape. It's like your anatomy scape, right? It's a view of the human body that um, it's a vista that you may or may not have seen before. And we're always taking you down through the different layers of these like primary tissues um, through the skin. We have, we have our anatomy scapes that we always take people through is the skin is an anatomy scape. And then we call it the cloud body is the next one you come to in depth. And that's your adipose layer. That's where the superficial fascia, the superficial adipose and the deep adipose tissue lives. And then the next layer is the deep diving suit. And that's your deep fascia body. And so these are the scapes, right? The anatomy scapes and then the muscle scape. And then there's other microscapes that you'll find throughout. We really equate this to going um, deep sea diving because mm -hmm. you see things you've never seen before, or you think you should have heard of, or you but you haven't, you know, like those little, little cuttlefish that are like look like they are psychedelic painted colors or whatever you're like how do i not how does this exist in nature or or where the hell am i i've never i've never been in a place like this before the anatomy scape land can feel a lot like that so anatomyscapes.com is where you'll find all of our offerings which includes online trainings 
and in-person trainings. We have about six in-person trainings each year. The next one is actually coming up in just a couple of weeks. So if you're listening to this and you're like chomping at the bit and you're going like, when's the next time this is available to me? If you're listening to this before May 3rd and 4th of 2023, you can actually still register for our next in-person workshop. And our workshops are two days long at the moment. We still really, first they were one day, now they're two days. Now we think three days, we'll see. But we purposefully make them shorter than some of the ones that are being offered right now because the money commitment, the time commitment is less. And so sometimes that makes it more um, uh, accessible. We spend half of our time in the lab and we spend half of our time in the classroom. And when we're in the classroom, we're giving you space and time to to really take in and digest what you've seen we're showing it to you again from different ways and we're giving you that academic backing with the current research that's coming out that is some of it's very new of really understanding this matrix of like how the body is formed and how it is that these all work together from the anatomy point of view we also are kind of crafters as you can imagine we're makers and so we craft and make things with you we could say more sophisticated we do 3d modeling where we actually will take um Oh my gosh, the stuff I have purchased, people think I'm a kindergarten teacher because I'm buying <laughs> magnetic blocks. Yes. Um, slime. I didn't even know about slime. Like I missed that generation somehow. So we've got all these like plastic bags and sticks and spoons and straws and um, pipe cleaners and magnets and all these things that we're doing to show from the molecular micro up to the macro level, like what it is that you're looking at. So we play. And we help you learn how to teach this if you're a teacher to your people. So you're always talking to each other, explaining what it is that you're learning. It's a highly interactive dynamic space. Um, and so that next one on May 2nd and 3rd is kind of our, I wanna call it our flagship class. It's about fascia head to toe. Um, a lot of people know about fascia, but they don't understand its organization body-wide. And it is a really complex system with a lot of different things. Sometimes fascia is, tough and force transmitting and you could put 800 pounds of pressure on it without distorting it and sometimes you can just almost like barely whisper and it and it moves it's a shit we call it the magical goo of the body so it all has to do with how it's organized and how um the the fibers versus gels are organized so that class um is called journey into the matrix and we would love to have you join us if you um, have the time to come down to san diego it's a great place to hang out um, additionally we want to make a special offer to your guests for our online stuff so we have a special code that's just for you. And this special code is going to be, get ready. Let's see, where is it? Where is it? We're going to call it Hesitant Healer 15. Nice. And so for hesitant, if you use the code Hesitant Feeler, Hesitant Feeler, Hesitant <laughs> Healer, that's yeah. not the same one, Hesitant Healer 15, then it's basically a one-time use coupon for 15% off um, site-wide. So if you want to just go crazy and and shop like mad, you'll get 15% off your entire order. That's um, very nice. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So uh, yeah, so what else? What else do we have? There's so much. I'm trying to think. There's a lot. If you want to um, learn more about me, um, you can follow. I've got stuff on face. We have a Facebook. We have Instagram. My name's Rochelle Clausen. Nicole Trombley is my my partner in crime on all of this. Um, 
Yeah, you can just, uh, if you want to just email us, you can just reach out to uh, either Rochelle at anatomyscapes.com or info at anatomyscapes.com. Also, of those pictures that we were just showing um, that you guys couldn't see, sorry about that. If you go on our website and you give us your little email, we actually give you access to view some of those images for free. Worth so. worth the look, listener. You should check it out. Yeah. They're they're beautiful pictures and it. it's, it's worth looking at them to understand what she's talking about. All right. Parting words, love. What do you got? Ah, love your body. Love your life. What else? You just do, go super spiritual it out. And <laughs> study anatomy. Study anatomy. Be good humans. And just, re, you know, we're more than just our anatomy, but our anatomy might be more than you think. Oh, so um, maybe that's that's the thing to wrap up. But I love thank you guys that. so much. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I just love what you're doing. I can't wait to share some lab time with you guys again. Awesome. Um, come down and right. visit us or I'll come up your way. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. This is number one in the books. I'm so, so stoked. Yeah, we, we totally need to get to the, get together in a lab sometime this year. Either mine or yours, or we'll meet in the middle or whatever. Uh, Both. Let's do it, it. all. Say, say bye, Lisa K. Bye, Lisa K. All right. Peace out.